Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey, loyal listeners. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I've been involved in software development for more than 25 years. I've started companies, led companies, and worked for companies, doing many different things. I'm honored to be considered a leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem, and I give back as much and as often as I can. When I'm not working or podcasting, you'll find me pursuing my passions of photography, crypto investing, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. Join me now as I chat with Jennifer Armand and try to understand why Boris walks alone. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta. Today, my guest is Jennifer Armand. Jennifer, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on your show, Al. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So Jennifer has a company called Boris Walks Alone Art Inc. So we're going to dig into that. She's also a fine art photographer and has done some really exciting things in her life. So maybe you could start out, Jennifer, by telling us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Well, it's a little bit of a long background, but I started out in geology and geophysics, if you can believe it, in the oil industry. I was a geological technologist and I always took care of the, all the digital uh, presentation material for geologists and geophysicists. And when I had my kids, I, I ended up quitting my job and I started my own company called Armand Images. And I started to have more time with my kids and be able to do all of that. I, I reached out to some artists and I started photographing their work because they were looking for somebody to photograph the work and make a really good quality image to then reproduce the work. And you still, do you still do a lot of that? I sure do. Yeah. I've got a list of artists I continue to work with and they are using that as well. Being the leader in your field, you started learning about these really interesting things called NFTs and the blockchain and Web3 and stuff. And you thought, hey, why not start a company? Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Well, it was funny because COVID, like all of us, gave us a little bit more time to um, go down other rabbit holes that we were looking at. And I had always years ago, probably about 12 years ago, I'd always said to the artist, you know, one of these days, these files are going to be worth something more. And I heard the word NFTs and I started reading about it. And then I started researching it and I went deep in the rabbit hole. I love tech. I'm a bit of a tech nerd. And I, I just started researching it. I set up my virtual wallet. I learned exchanges and all of that. And I then put the business plan together for the company and then approached the artist and said, hey, let's give this a try. And so can you talk a little bit about how, so, well, first of all, let's start with the obvious one. Where does the name Boris Walks Alone Art Incorporated come from? Actually, that's really funny because it'll definitely show my age. I was trying to text my daughter who then said, oh my gosh, no one texts anymore. And I'm like, really? Well, how am I supposed to get a hold of you? And she said, well, set yourself up on Discord. 
And I said, oh, that's cool. But what's Discord? Right. And she's a gamer. So she was always on Discord and using it. And so I set myself up on Discord and I knew that she wouldn't want to have her mother's name there following her. So I literally looked at the television, saw Boris Johnson talk, you know, in the UK. And I literally went, okay, how about Boris Walks Alone? And that's how the name, <laughs> it was literally made up, but it fit in the space so well, right? Because all of these names of companies now, they really have very strange names. But the good thing about a name like that is it's very memorable. That's such a funny story. And it's so clever, especially like you, I agree hundred percent. It fits perfectly within the kind of the world of NFTs and stuff. Can we talk, let, let's, let's go. Okay. So clearly you're, you've, you've become somewhat of an expert on NFTs. Why don't we help the audience who maybe doesn't know a lot about NFTs? Let's start kind of fresh and talk a little bit about what they are and why someone would care. And then maybe lead into a little bit about how they're, how you're working with them with these artists. So first an NFT is, I'm going to try and go as simple as I can so that, because sometimes people have a harder time even in grasping what it, what it looks like, but it's essentially it, it, your file or your artwork is a digital uh, file and it is linked to what's called a smart contract. And in that smart contract, there is code that can execute, for example, a payment system. So if, you know, if your user pays with a certain amount of token, then they get the object. I don't know if that was the greatest explanation, but... It's a new form of e-commerce, kind of. And what... what So to get a little bit more technical, so non NFT stands for non-fungible token. So fungible just means that the, it's either the same or it's not the same. So a fungible token would be something like Bitcoin or or whatever, where every single Bitcoin is exactly the same. And if you and I both each have a Bitcoin and we swap it with each, each other, nobody's better off than the other because they're both Bitcoin. Non-fungible token means that there's only one in the entire universe. And so in your case, you're attaching a non-fungible token to an artwork. And so if you own that non-fungible token, it's like having it's like having a license or a or not even a license. It's actually a, a, a declarative piece of ownership that like a certificate that comes with your painting that says you and only you in the entire universe is the person that owns that painting. And and so in your case, you're using a digital, uh, a virtual digital image of of a, a real world thing and connecting and tying them and connecting them together. And in some cases, non or non-fungible tokens, NFTs could also be a virtual piece of artwork. So nothing actually really does exist in the real world. But in your case, you're using it as a sort of certificate that you are attaching to a painting declares ownership. And because of the smart contracts, people can manage who gets paid when that piece of art gets sold. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you can set it up so that every single time that painting sells for the rest of humankind, the original artist or their estate could get a percentage of the sale. And so that that's kind of one of the biggest deals for artists, right? Because normally you sell a painting 
whoever buys your painting, that's the only money you will ever get. And they could go off and sell it over and over and over again. Like you think of a Picasso or something like that. Years and years and years after the original artist's death, the painting continues to sell for more and more and more and more. And sometimes it can get up to millions of dollars. And yet the original artist doesn't get anything more the knowledge that they are the ones that painted it, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Because that is the power of NFTs for artists, artists of any kind, you know, creative painters, music, musicians, poets, anything like that. The power is in the secondary sales. And so when your sale goes through, it is backed on a ledger, just like a bank, only it's a public ledger. Everyone can see it. And the tracks, the transaction is then tracked. So when it's sold again, royalty then gets brought back to the artist, which is very powerful for artists. You know, your painting or, or, or your music or your poem or whatever starts to, you know, gain some traction and become, you know, well-known. And then all of a sudden the value goes up and people start selling it for more and more and more and more and more. And, and you're, you're just like, woohoo. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. And so how long have you been doing this for? So this business is brand new. It's a startup. So it's two years in April here. So I, you know, just started it with the artist. I thought I'd take a chance and go deep into this, this technology. I love Web3. I love the community of it all. Web3 brings in a lot of community and it's, it's about collaboration and working together. And I know part of the rainforest that is, isn't that your mantra or motto? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's all about trust and collaboration and giving back. And it's, it's all about that. And you know, you, no one succeeds alone, right? They say the rising tide raises all ships. It's, it takes a village is the other one, it takes a village to raise a child. But in the, in this case, a child is a business. And so I think people, people get it and, and it, it, it's a lot less painful and competitive to, to run a startup these days because of these communities of people that are working together. Um, with, with regards to your business, so now you've been around You've been kind of plugging away at this for a couple of years. Can you talk a little bit about how many artists you have and, and do you have your own platform or do you use existing infrastructure and, and, and public-based platforms and that kind of, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I, I don't have my own platform. I use OpenSea. OpenSea is the biggest platform for selling NFTs. It's like the Amazon of NFTs. Some companies do have their private website to be able to do that. I think at this point, I'm still looking at some of that. But I think to the end user or the end buyer, they don't really care too much about where it is, just getting the piece of art and you know what it costs kind of is more in the consumer end of it. So I haven't really focused too much on that. I've focused on you know, getting these artists out there, talking about their work and showcasing their work and showing the different ways that you can display it now, because a lot of companies are jumping on board. In fact, Samsung just released a, a television called The Frame, and it actually has a matte screen. I have one in my home and it's got a matte screen and, and you can change the matte in your artwork 
all the time. So you don't ever have to have the black screen in your house anymore. Yeah, that's not really an NFT frame, but I mean, there are ways around that working with NFTs. But the power is in this technology. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. It'll change the way we have decor in our house. We can have 3D art. We can have art with movement. And so I do have a lot of that with some of the artists I'm working with. And I am working with about 30 artists right now. So I love all of their work. And each one is very individual. I have a glass artist and uh, traditional painters some digital artists. So you can really go into a lot of areas as a creative and explore different options than just paint traditional paintings. I have one that's a traditional painter and I told her about a couple of programs where she could add some movement to her art and she added it and it looks absolutely amazing. And I mean, now you can have that on your screen in your home instead of a 2D flat object. That's really, really exciting. You're, you're sort of like the, you speak with artists and you educate them a bit on the technology and then you assist them with getting their NFTs created because of your photography side of things. I'm imagining um, you take it, you, they don't really have to do anything because you can take their photo, their pictures of their artwork and then you can create the NFTs and get them up online. Is that, is that kind of how it works? Yeah, correct. I, I'm trying to service a market that really hates technology and doesn't understand it. It's a bit scared of it. And I, I want to take care of that for them, look after them and make sure, you know, they're they're safely going into the area and that they have another revenue stream for their business. That's what my business wants to take care of for theirs. You know, artists traditionally have several streams of revenue. And so I'm trying to make room for them to have an additional revenue stream and still have the time to create. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, and it makes so much sense. And especially with the, I'm assuming, I guess I'm making an assumption, but the few of the artists that are open to playing a little bit with the technology and being able to make some motion options like you were talking about. I, I doubt every single one of them wants to jump on board with that, but the ones that do are getting to explore that a little bit further. Um, are the are you facilitating any physical connection between, say, the painting and the NFT? Like, do you put a, a, some sort of certificate or some sort of sticker or something on the back of the painting so that in the future when it gets sold, the person who's buying it can realize that there's actually an NFT that goes with it. Is there, have you done anything like that? I'm working on that as we speak. I'm, I'm looking at microchipping our artwork. Yeah. And, and being able to do that for right now, what I've done is in the unlockable created, you know, way to say that if you buy this NFT, you'll get this painting, you know, a certain size painting and we'll mail it to you. And, you know, but that, that kind of takes away of the de decentralization sort of a, an anonymous buyer, which some people want to do that. They want to be anonymous buyers, but yeah, it, there is so many possibilities with NFTs. Well, the microchipping is really intelligent because I was just thinking like, you know, if you, if you put a sticker on the back of the painting saying, by the way, there's an NFT associated with this painting, that's, that's sort of a certi certificate of ownership or what have you. It, someone could just peel that sticker off and keep the NFT and then sell the painting to somebody else. And then that sort of breaks the whole thing. But if you're microchipping the paintings directly, then someone can always go back and look at that. That's really quite an exciting way to do it. 
not really a limit to what could be done with the technology. Have you sort of thought of other ideas that you couldn't, you can't obviously get to right away because you're still building the business and stuff, but do you have some things that you've thought of for down the road that might be a little bit exciting? I have, yes. Sports memorabilia is a big one. Yeah, I've, I've thought about sports memorabilia and being able to assist companies that, you know, want to use an NFT as a ticket to a game, like, because you could do anything, really. The sky's the limit. And bringing an artist together with sports, right? So again, it's back to that collaboration. That's really smart. So you could build, I'm, I'm thinking like the obvious one would be like baseball cards or something, but having an artist create uh, some sort of specific baseball card based on a player or based on a team or something like that. And then being able to sell that. You've probably heard of the board apes by I think it's, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much the power in that was, is the utility of the NFT. It isn't necessarily the picture of the ape but it was the backbone of the utility in what was involved. It was exclusive access to a certain community, access to events. So there's so much power in an NFT that a lot of companies are, are really starting to see that and to join. I just read an article the other day where a Porsche is starting to enter. And again, bringing in a cool artist that's doing something for the company, the name, and then selling the NFT on that. And maybe the NFT then allows exclusive access to anything Porsche related. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And actually Lamborghini's done some pretty leading edge stuff with regards to T's as well. It takes someone with an open mind to look past the JPEG, right? Because uh, when, when a lot of NFT technology started, it was basically, oh, you can buy a JPEG and no one could understand why you would pay so much money for a JPEG, right? Because some of them went for potentially tens of thousands or even millions of dollars. But when you look at what an NFT truly is, that use case where it could be a ticket, like an exclusive ticket into a, a special club or a special event or give you access to special events. I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised that more companies are not jumping on board. I mean, you have Canadian Tire with their triangle rewards, right? Well, well, maybe they issue you a Canadian Tire NFT and then that NFT opens up special savings when you go shopping or, you know, Nike's doing some stuff along those lines where you can purchase special Nike NFTs of shoes that don't even exist yet. And then when the shoes are released, you get, you get a pair of those shoes. And I'm not sure if everybody on the call knows, but Nike's placed themselves into a, into a, a strange environment that I never would have imagined where people are buying the shoes as if they're collector's items and, they're ha and they have these walls full of these special pairs of Nike shoes. Like it's really strange in, in my mind anyway, because I, I put shoes on my feet and I use them to walk, but there's people that have these exclusive Nike shoes and they're in their closet and then they have a, a corresponding nft of those shoes that gives them this special access to these other pairs of shoes that they can buy it's almost like a, a collector's club of some sort but you think about that there's there's really crazy implications of nfts for the one that stands out to me is real estate and being able to have you know a series of NS nfts that actually acknowledge part part ownership in say a building and so if you get 100 people, 
each one has a hundred and or one one NFT in each of those one hundred NFTs is one share, like one 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 hundredth of of the building cost. So if it's maybe a ten million dollar building, they own their one 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 hundredth of that ten million dollar building, and that they form sort of like a collective ownership of that building. And so when people want to do something, decide to do something with the building or whatever, those 100 people are consulted as if they were a board of directors for a corporation or something. And that leads into the the DAOs, the distributed autonomous organizations, where each, the ownership of that, like that ticket to be part of that DAO is actually an NFT. So yeah, we could go on for hours on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Actually, it's a very deep rabbit hole. And honestly, I I loved it as soon as I started to research it. And I also, I mean, I, I really dug hard because I kept coming up with so many frustrations. I, I started to download my digital wallet on my phone just because my phone was handy at the time. And then no one else did it that way. I had no one to ask. And I kept having to try and hack my way through how to figure this out. And I don't know how many times I came out with huge frustrations, smoke coming out of my ear, but never gave up because I thought, oh, gosh, it's not going to beat me. <laughs> I want to have fun with this, right? Good for you. And, and it's, it's awesome that you're, you're taking that time because the technology is so new that the early adopters are the ones that get to be the guinea pigs and go through all the pain and suffering of trying to get everything to work. But at some point, I was speaking to somebody the other day, I, I was asking if they haven't already adopted Web3 technologies, what will, what will it take to push them over the edge? And you know, some of the usual sort of thoughts of, well, when it becomes more mainstream or when I actually have to, then I'll take a look at it and stuff like that. But ultimately, the, the, the general consensus is, is it needs to be easier. It needs to be simpler and safer and easier before we, we start to get mass adoption. And so to, to speak directly to what you just said is it can be painful. Like it's, it is getting better. There's some aspects of it that are getting much, much easier, but it's still incredibly painful in, in a lot of cases to try and get things to work. And people, especially people that aren't very tech savvy, are, are, are going to have to struggle to figure it out. So, and, and it is very scary for a lot of people. So, I mean, that's where I, I, I just wanted to come in and help those people to be able to work with them and understand and take care of that for them so that they, they can still get into the market and not have to stress about it. And you're definitely working with a crowd of people that are not technical, like usually, usually not, I can't generalize, but you know, generally artists are as far from technology as you can get in, in many, many cases. That's exciting. It's exciting. And so I don't know, like what, what, what would you, what would you like to see from artists? Like if you, if you forget the technology for a minute, what, what would you like to see from the artist perspective with, with this, I guess the obvious one is adoption, but, um, do you have any thoughts on on it, all the experience? So you have thirty artists on your platform or are involved with you right now. What what would you what would you like to see from their perspective? I I'd love to see what comes out of them creatively. So you know exactly what I was telling you before that we can take a look at these things and have really interesting things on our wall. I mean I don't know if you've seen some of the three D art 
that is coming out or art with movement. It just, you look at your wall and it's completely different. And the ease of being able to change a painting at the, you know, touch of a button, right? You're having people over, you want to have some discussion on a piece of artwork, change it, you know? So I don't know. I just love that technology. I've seen, I've also seen holograms come in and, uh, you know, I, with all of those, it's kind of like the Jetsons, right? Where all that new technology, it just adds to our life and, and seeing things in a different perspective. Really inspiring and, and fascinating. I'm going to twist a little bit on the same question, but what would you, what would you say to artists who are, maybe they're just going to go figure this out on their own. What, the, what would you say with regards to all the scams and, and all the stuff that's going on right now? What kind of advice would you give them? probably the same advice we our parents gave us. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Don't click on the link, right? <laughs> you know? So, but I, I do encourage artists, any artist to like, look into the technology, read about the technology, uh, understand it. If you don't, and you just want to be, you know, you're, you're scared of it. You want somebody else to take care of it. Well, I'm here for that. But I also encourage people, do it. You can do it, you know? That's excellent advice. I would actually add to that. If you're going to go do some research, look for very recent articles and information. Because I think information, even from five years ago or three years ago even, is completely outdated. And so, you know, learning how to do NFTs the way they did them three years ago is not going to be a, a path you're going to want to be on. What you need to do is find something very, very relevant and recent so that you're, because it is getting easier. There are technologies being developed to make things simpler and more straightforward. So why learn how to do it the really complex hard way from three years ago when you could have a very simple and easy on-ramp? The one point that I'll make is, you know, the very first blockchain to have smart contract functionality was Ethereum. And so obviously being the first, they have the most information and the most tutorials and the most leaders in that field, but they're actually not the only one. There's a whole bunch of other chains now that have NFT and, and smart contract functionality. And so it, you know, yes, you can go with the flow and do the big one that everybody's working on, but it has actually has some, some downsides as well. So some of the newer technologies can be really exciting and a little bit less painful if you, if you take a look into it. So I would say keep an open mind and explore and have fun with it. it everything in technology should be approached from a childlike curiosity, not this is painful. I have to get through this. That's not the right attitude to have for sure. Yes, correct. I think I agree with that 100% is just be childlike, be in, intrigued of what's out there and, and how is it working? I don't know how many times at the very beginning I would start with an exchange service and, you know, take some Ethereum or take some Canadian dollars and then change it into Ethereum. And then poof, that exchange company was gone the next day or they weren't dealing with Canadians or you know, so you're right. Look at information that is very, very current because it does change every day. But as we grow and grow in the NFT space, I mean, so do the exchanges, so does everything else where, you know, it, it then becomes more stable to deal with companies have thought about it and made it easier for people. 
And actually, I, I want to address one thing you just said, because that could be a little bit scary for people. If you, if you purchase things on an exchange and you leave them on the exchange, it's, it's a bit scary. Like you could, you could potentially lose whatever you purchased. However, because of the nature of blockchain, you have the ability to do, to be self custodian. So you're able to, on your smartphone, you're able to have a digital wallet where you can actually store your NFTs and your cryptocurrencies and stuff like that on your own personal wallet. If the exchange you actually bought everything on disappears, it doesn't matter because you've brought everything down to your own personal wallet, and then you could put it up on a totally different exchange to sell it or whatever. So, you know, I just kind of triggered off that key point because with the, with the, FTX and all the weird things that have been happening lately in the cryptocurrency markets and the news and stuff like that, people could be very, very scared that what if I put all this money in and then and I lose it all? Well, the truth is that could happen, but not if you take it carefully and you do your research and you figure out how to make sure that you own the keys to your car. Your, the keys to your car aren't sitting in the, in the dealership because if the dealership goes away, so are your keys. Your keys are gone. But if you hold on to your keys and the dealership goes away, it doesn't matter because you still have your keys. You can go start your car. Well, do you have any closing comments that you'd like to leave with the, uh, the audience? I would just say, look at NFTs, do some research, and it's a really exciting, <clears throat> evolving field. I love it. it. It is like the Wild West. There's great community there. Calgary has an up-and-coming community in, in that sort of technology, and it's just fun. So come out. Even come to platform. We can all sit around and talk about NFTs. Absolutely. Platform's a great place to be, to collide and, and, and meet new people and learn new things. And Jennifer and I hang out there all the time. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on your show, Al. Yeah. Thank you for being here. It was really, really fun. One of my favorite talk topics to talk about is blockchain and Web3 and NFTs. So it was really a fun experience for me. So thanks for being here. All right, everybody, tune in next week. Tuesday morning at eight o'clock is when you'll get the new show. And if you want to be a sponsor, a guest or a host of the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast, please reach out. We are focusing everything at LIBI, Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas, LIBI.ca. Talk to you next week. Cheers. If you haven't already, visit RainforestAB.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. We build great custom software while bridging the gap between education and experience. New Idea Machine makes your ideas real. Visit newideamachine.com for more info. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.